The songs that we've been singing are designed to help us to do what's the title of the lesson suggests of helping to eliminate distractions in our life so that in essence we can really think about how well it is with our soul. But more than that is how much we desire that to be the song that anyone could be able to sing. To have that opportunity to find peace with their soul, to know that it is well because of what Christ has done. He is the lily of the valley. And it is the fact that if we can learn to walk hand in hand with Jesus, things go a lot smoother for us in our lives if we keep that focus in mind. Thinking about that, I think about thunderstorms and all that. When you have small children, they have that tendency of wanting to be close to parents, uh, regardless of when, when in the day or the night that those thunderstorms come along. And they just want that closeness. Something about having the hand of the parent that can ease the anxiety of what's going on outside. To realize that that's what it is. It's on the outside. It's well with our soul. And if it's well with our soul, then we can ride through the storms and do the things that God would have us to do. If his eye is on that sparrow, if he's aware of every one of them, not a one of them fall to the earth without his knowledge. How much more do we believe that he cares for us, and that he watches over us and takes care of those fears that we may have as we look at or sense distractions about us? Sometimes it's hard to do that when you want to be focused and things are going on around you, they can... Again, clamor for your attention. But whatever they are, they're always just temporary, and they're not long-lasting. And that which we have with God, indeed, should be eternal. And because of that, indeed, it is well with my soul. Not always an easy lesson to learn as we look in the Gospel of Mark. We look in chapter 8 of the Gospel of Mark. Starting at verse 13. Talking about Jesus, he left the crowd there, getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes... Do you not see and having ears? Do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? 
And they said 12. And also when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets of fragments did you take up? And they said seven. So he said to them, how is it? You do not understand. Do you not know that if he cares for the sparrows, that he cares for you? Have you not yet comprehended the depths of his love, the depths of his protection, and the depths of his longing for you to be with him by simply trusting the master? And is it so hard? We get to read the accounts of what he did with feeding the, feeding the 5,000 and the, the 4,000. But do we not understand? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. And our minds is automatic leaven? Oh, that's because we forgot to bring bread with us. Logical reasoning. It's what happens to us in our lives so many times. It's logical reasoning which isn't really logical. Do we not believe what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've experienced, and what we believe to be true in the light of God's Word? We learn so many lessons from that master if we would take the time to learn them of how do you remove or eliminate distractions from your life? And I'm getting to work with this distraction up here. <laughs> but it's fine. Got this big, it says, Sermon, eliminate distractions. Uh, <clears throat> but I appreciate the songs up there too, so it's all right. I can work with that. But do we catch? Learn from the Master. What did he do to eliminate those distractions? He had to deal with the Pharisees who were legalistic in their teaching, as we discussed a little bit this morning in the auditorium class. He had to deal with the Herodians, who were caught up in wanting to be politically correct and to follow Herod, so that Rome wouldn't suppress them completely. He had to deal with the Sadducees, who said that they believed God, but would not believe in the resurrection. The Samaritans were not too far away and had to work with them as well who would only accept the first five books of the Old Testament, the books of Moses, but would not accept the works of the prophets because basically the works of the prophets would tell them that they were wrong in what they were doing. He had to work with the Romans and all the others that would go along with that in, in essence. How do you eliminate those distractions? We're reminded in Mark 1 and in verse 35 that Jesus, when it was day, he had already gotten up long before the day broke and had gone away into a quiet place to pray. Finding that closet, 
Finding that quiet place to remove distractions. Because you remember that as he lived, and as he taught, as he healed, the multitudes thronged around him, constantly demanding his attention, constantly wanting something from him. Whatever it may have been, be healed physically, to look for what would be the spiritual application they needed to make, whatever else it was, that's what they were concerned about. They were concerned about this Messiah, when he was going to come. They were concerned about this kingdom. When was it going to take place? We heard it prophesy. We heard a lot of things along the way. Constant wanting of attention. But as he would remind us in Luke 19 and in verse 10, what did he come for? Was he coming for the healing of the physical body? Was he coming to, to feed them physical bread so that they could be satisfied? Was he coming to set up an earthly kingdom to drive out the Romans so that they could have their kingdom as they believed they had it in the days of David, Saul and David and Solomon? What did he come for? He came to seek and to save that which was lost, which was all of humanity. That's what he came for. And he would need to spend that time as, again, the physical demands attention. And the physical has to be dealt with. That's part of life. But there has to be those times when you can eliminate those distractions and withdraw into that quiet place, wherever that may be, and spend time in prayer to God. Watching a commercial, uh, it was on several times, and I, I, every time I listen to it, I says, you have got to be kidding me. I don't remember all of it. It's saying about getting back to nature, getting out and exploring it, and taking a videotape with you, a book that you could read or listen to along the way. That's what you're going to get away from, not to take it with you. Download these books and you can play them on your, in your car as you travel. Whatever else it is in there, they forget the concept of have to constantly be busy. Coming down from uh, out of Missouri and was going up and coming home, they have the text messages on the board. Uh, it says, you know, drive carefully, put the phone down. <laughs> it says, buckle your seats and put the phone down. And, of course, you can, as you drive by people, what do you see? They've got that phone up there, and they're texting away. Do we lose perspective at times? Do we lose the focus of what we really need to be about? We're his people. We're to be the light that is like a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Luke would remind us in Luke 5, 16, that Jesus would often withdraw into the wilderness to pray. A little different than from Mark 135. Mark 135 says that when it was early in the morning, he went out to a deserted place to pray. Luke says he did that often. Renew the focus. Remind yourself, what is it about? 
We're not just here to be good citizens of our country. We're here to be citizens of the kingdom of God and to explore or to expand its borders. We're to be that sower that goes out and scatters the seed. Not being real careful, if you will, about where the seed is scattered. Sometimes we get into that concept of where do we scatter the seed that is going to be most productive for us. The sower scattered the seed wherever he went. Be it on the pathway, knowing full well that for the most part, it's going to germin- it will not germinate. The birds will come and eat the seed while it, before it takes root. But you never know. You ever watch them tar a road or watch them lay down concrete on, on a sidewalk and come back later? And there, and there is a weed <laughs> coming up through that concrete. Somehow, some way, or in the pavement, it comes up there some way. And it germinates. You never know. He said, you scatter the seed. Pathway does not matter. Thorny soil does not matter. Rocky soil does not matter. Good soil does not matter. You scatter the seed. And as Luke would say, that is the word of God. That's what Jesus came to do. That's what he gave us to do. To go and to preach the gospel to every creature under heaven. Every creature, knowing that the majority is not going to receive it, the majority will reject it, many in that, re- in that majority will persecute, crucify, seek to put you to death. But the task is still the same because it was for the master. They sought his life, and finally they did put him to death. He would tell his disciples that you need to come apart in Mark 6 and verse 31. You need to get away for a while and you need to rest. That's just part of life. We want to rest. Some of us don't believe we get enough rest. We want more rest. But it's simply saying there's a time for us to renew ourselves, to recharge the batteries. And whatever that may be, to be able to do that. The disciples were doing it to to get away from the crowds again and meeting all the demands and rest and recharge the batteries. But you see, oftentimes, even when they did that, they missed. They missed those opportunities that they had to be with the master, the creator of the universe, and did not fully understand what they had. Do you think they thought about that later on? You ever had some great teachers and that you wish that, wished that you had listened to them more carefully? Wish you had the opportunity just to go back and sit under the feet again? Because you've learned some things and you'd like to, wait a minute, <laughs> you just whetted the appetite. Let's find some more things that God would have us to do and to do those things. We miss some of those opportunities. Sometimes we have an opportunity to express that. Sometimes we miss those opportunities along the way. Years down the road, I was able to connect with my 
fourth and fifth grade teacher. And I'd written to her, and I apologized for the way that I behaved in her classes. Just leave that alone. (laughs) She wrote back. She does not remember that. She chose to remember some other things. And we stayed in contact with each other for a, period of t- for a period of years, and she finally passed away. My little sister had her as well. And we, we, we reestablished the bond, if you will. Spiritually, isn't that not true as well? Sometimes we act in ways that may not be the proper way to act. And there are times when we wish we could recall some of that. But if they're Christians, If they're Christ-like, are they not doing what Christ does? I do not see the bad. I see the good. I see the positive. The bad is forgotten and and it's in the past. And we move on with, with the future along the way. But that comes by having to spend that time if you will, in removing distractions so that we have that opportunity to see who we are, to see why we are who we are, and to see where is it that we are striving to go and how will we we get there so that we can once again catch the breath and then get back into the battle because it's described as a warfare, as a war. And we have to have the right, the right weapons and the Word of God and to stay with that. But there are times again when we do need that breather along the way. Psalm 122.1 mentioned that one this morning. I was glad when they said, let us go up to the house of the Lord. You know, what a joy that is. I was glad. A lot of history that goes along with it, a lot of possibilities of what may be involved in that. And that's an interesting study within itself. But it's just, again, just the general thought there, if you will. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord together. Let's go worship God. Let's take that time to push the world outside. Rest assured, the world is not going anywhere. You walk out those doors, it's still there. It did not leave while you were in here. It's gone. But this, that opportunity to catch your breath, if you will. Because the world demands attention. But again, it is short-lived. They're only going to be here for a short time. And we're, we're preparing... Indeed, for eternity. We looked at Colossians 3 and verse 2 this morning as well. Set your mind on the things that are above. Part of this renewing and trying to eliminate distractions. Again, we're physical. We live in a physical world. The physical world requires attention. 
you neglect that physical body for a period of time, I'm told that if you neglect the physical body for a period of time, it becomes hungry. I said, I've been told that. I don't test that one. <laughs> but I'm saying, do you catch? Yes, you have to live in this world, and you have to meet the physical needs that are there. Family-wise, whatever else is out there, job-wise, uh, socially, and whatever else is out there. But we need to set the mind on the things that are above. Catch that focus again. To, but why am I here? What am I doing while I'm here? What's the focus? What's the purpose that is there? It's always interesting because we all have different jobs. We have different positions in, in society. We all have different roles that we're filling. And they're all part of what God has given to us. To be able to be that city that's set on a hill that cannot be hidden. To be that example of telling the world it's not as hard to be a child of God as the world wants you to think it is. Because being the child of God, you have God helping you to be His child. He's strengthening you to do that. He's empowering you. Ephesians 3.20 He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to that power that works within us. Wow, what a, what a blessing we have. They had it as well. You think about walking and talking with the Master. You think about listening to him, His voice, understanding, at least on the surface, if you will, who He is. Jesus addressing His disciples when up at Caesarea Philippi. Who do men say that I am? And they gave their answers. But he said, but who do you say that I am? Well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Well, Peter, where did you get that? Flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. God in heaven gave that to you. Do we understand what a blessing it is? Did they fully grasp that? They're in the boat and they're saying, well, he's fussing at us about... The leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of the Herod, and it's only because we forgot to bring some bread with us. And we're going to get hungry. No, you missed it. You missed that opportunity to renew that association and that fellowship that we need to have with God. Set your mind on the things that are above. Philippians 4 8, let your mind dwell on these things that he's mentioned. The things that are good, honorable, just, of good report, and virtue, and praise. Yeah. Let your mind dwell on these things. Eliminating those distractions. They're out there. They do clamor for your attention. And it's so easy to get it there. Now, you just watch any sporting event or something like that. You watch some pan, uh, the, the, the people in the audience are out there in the stands. And every once in a while, you'll catch somebody doing something silly. I mean, you can see them all. But something catches your eye over here. Distractions are easy to come by. That's why they're there. That's what makes them distractions because they catch your eye so easily, whatever it may be. And we have to watch it. What are we doing as we're serving God? Go to Psalm 96, 46, excuse me, Psalm 46 and verse 10. 
Be still and know that I am the Lord. Calm down. Throttle back a little bit. The world does not depend on your 24-hour attention. God is in control. Be still and know that God is. Just think about it for a while. It helps to refocus. Catch your breath again. Get your strength. And that encourages you to move on and do His will. Think about Exodus 14 and 13. Moses at the Red Sea. People are all upset. The Egyptian army is coming. There's the Red Sea in front of them. There's mountains around. They believe they're hemmed in and they don't know what they're going to do. And they're moaning and groaning about Moses, leading them out there to be destroyed. They've been better off being servants or slaves back in Egypt. And he has to remind them as well, be still and see the hand of the Lord. What are you looking at? I'm looking at the Red Sea in front of me. And I know there's no way that I can cross that Red Sea. I'm looking at an Egyptian army that's hot on my trail. I mean, they're, they're just coming as fast as they can come. And there's no way that we could fight those because we don't have the weapons one way and we're not prepared another way. There's no place for us really to flee because we've got mountains there. But what are you looking at? You're looking at everything physical. And Moses needs to remind the people, you just be still, calm down, and see the hand of the Lord. Sometimes we need that in our life. I mean, life can get hectic. I mean, it can just get completely hectic. And there's a time for us to have to hear that. Calm down, be still, and trust God. He knows you. He knows where you're at. He knows exactly what you're going through. He gives you the strength when you need it. We want to have it before we need it. But God gives it when we need it. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. To help us in our time of need. He's there. Eliminate those distractions in our life. Put our trust and our hope in God. And honestly believe that where he leads, I can follow. I should have no problem at all. Wherever he leads, wherever it goes, whatever comes our way, Regardless of how it appears to me, wherever he leads, catch that? He's leading. If he's leading, he knows I'm with him or behind him. He knows I'm there. He's leading. And wherever he leads, I can go. Is that your life this evening? Is that what you truly believe, that wherever he leads, you can go? Are you following him, trusting him, eliminating those distractions? so that you can be his child. Your life is not where it needs to be. If there's a need to make a change in your life, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way in that decision, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.